Bible hour. But in the meantime, I want to keep kind of covering some of these uh, biblical locations and um, because when uh, the more we know about some of these things too, the more it can just kind of help us picture some things in our Bible that it's real easy to just kind of gloss over and not really think a whole lot about. And I want you to go to, to Zechariah. We're going to talk about something. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot about this, but um, in the Old Testament, we do have a prophecy about the healing of the Dead Sea. And uh, if you're familiar with the Dead Sea, it is the lowest place on earth. It's there in Israel. Um, it's where it's the general area where Sodom and Gomorrah was. And uh, there is a prophecy in the Bible about people casting their nets someday on the Dead Sea and the waters being healed. And that passage, um, if you start kind of putting things together in the Bible, it's connected with another event in the Bible that is talked about a lot. For example, uh, the splitting of the Mount of Olives. All right, we all familiar with that. One of these days, uh, talks about we believe that Jesus is going to come back and he is going to step his foot on the Mount of Olives and it's going to split in two. And I believe that um, that is connected to the healing of the Dead Sea. And I'm going to show you that from the scriptures. And I do want to say this. Uh, what I am going to preach to you this morning, this is what how I believe things are going to play out. But this is an example of something prophetic that I am not going to be super dogmatic on. Now, people will get mad at me for saying that because most people will be very dogmatic about this. But I'm not, uh, but I'm not super dogmatic about this uh, Mount of Olives splitting thing. It's something that's prophesied in the Old Testament and it is not referenced in the New Testament. People will tell you that it is. They'll say Matthew 24, when Jesus is coming back. You know, we say it's the rapture. They'll say, no, that's when he's coming to put his foot in the Mount of Olives. Well, it doesn't say that. You know, they'll say, well, that's in Revelation 19. Well, Revelation 19, nowhere in the book of Revelation does it talk about the Mount of Olives splitting. It, it, it's not there. So you say, well, do you believe it's not going to happen? Well, I believe everything's going to be fulfilled, but many Old Testament prophecies, there's a, more of a spiritual fulfillment that comes with the New Covenant. And so, technically, I do think it's still going to happen, but I'm not 100% sure about this. So, I'm not 100% sure... But I definitely understand where people get that, and people will get mad at me for not being dogmatic about that. But no, I'm not. Um, there's just some things we can get overly dogmatic about it, and I think it's caused some confusion. But let's go ahead and go to Zechariah 14, and before we kind of go into some of the pictures uh, to kind of help you visualize what the Bible's talking about, let's go and see what the Bible says. But it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Now, I'm going to stop right there and say that right here, this passage, everyone will connect it with Revelation 19, which they will also call Armageddon. But folks, Armageddon is just where the, we see the armies gathering during one of the trumpets or vials, I can't remember, in the book of Revelation. The battle of the great day of God Almighty, if it is the exact same event if it, as we see in Zechariah 14 and in the book of Joel, it happens at Jerusalem. And so right here, this is that old city, uh, Jerusalem, or uh, 
right here. Right here is that old city, Jerusalem. And so if the armies are going to be compassed about it, if that is going to happen again, and it isn't just what happened in 70 AD, even though in 70 AD, the armies were encompassed all around the city. Just understand, if that literally is going to happen again, and it's not symbolic of the Antichrist making war with the saints all over the world, uh, then understand that this is where that battle would take place. Right here is the valley. You can see it right there. You, you can't see very good, but this is a Google uh, Earth image. It says right here, Valley of Jehoshaphat that goes right through here. Uh, right here is the city of David we talked about where we believe the temple was. And you have a very deep valley here. And that is where the blood would flow to the horse of the bridles. Not in Armageddon. Every Baptist preacher, when he goes to Megiddo, they get up on the mountain, they talk about the blood flowing from the horse of the bridles. One of these, you can just imagine all the armies gathering here and the blood flowing. We can't even imagine that much blood. Yeah, there's not that much blood in the world. There's just, that's not the valley where that happens. The Bible's very clear. It's the Valley of Jehoshaphat. But again, when you're reading uh, prophecy books and not the Bible, you're going to get a lot of stuff mixed up. But, if that literally is going to happen again, if what we're seeing in Zechariah 14 is literally going to happen that way, it's going to happen in Jerusalem. It's very, you say, well, you think it's possible it's not? Well, Jerusalem was compassed about with armies in 70 AD, but Jesus didn't come and fight for them. You know why? Because they never believed on him. But I do believe when the Antichrist makes war with the saints and he's got us surrounded, we can't buy or sell without taking the mark and things like that. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to fight for us and it's going to be all over the world. So, uh, but either way, let's stick to the, the classical, uh, you know, idea that's going to happen around Jerusalem because it could still happen like that again. But after it says that, the Lord's going to go and fight against those nations and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. You can see it says Mount of Olives right there and that mountain goes all along in this area. He's going to stand that day on the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives so shall... And so, east of Jerusalem is the Mount of Olives. And then it says, um, towards east of, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove towards the north, and half of it towards the south. So imagine a split happening there somewhere. Half of it going north, half of it going south. Robert Cornuke, when we were out there, uh, he told me that it, you know he thinks it's probably going to split somewhere in there. And it's going to it's going to go right through and like destroy that Dome of the Rock area and where the uh, very well Antichrist Temple could be standing. That'd be pretty cool if that opened up right there and swallowed that abomination up. And let me tell you, they build another temple. It's an abomination. Before the Antichrist goes in there, it's an abomination. It's an abomination to try to. Uh, recreate something that God is finished with and God got rid of. And so don't get me going on that. But again, picture that because that's what this is talking about and what most people believe is literally going to take place and it very well could. It says, And ye shall flee into the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. And ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with thee. And what does the Bible say too? When Jesus comes, He's coming with His saints. And people get mad when you point that out because that sounds kind of like Revelation 19. And again, I'm not, I'm not dogmatic. Revelation 19 is not the rapture. I'm not dogmatic about that. 
I, I don't, I think that's an area where we've gotten way too dogmatic. It's my opinion. It's not the same event, but you know, sure enough, what we're seeing here in Zechariah 14 sounds a lot like Revelation 19. And it talks about the Lord coming with his saints. And Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 said when Jesus returns, he's coming with his saints. So again, we've got to do a better job proving those are two separate events. I, I, I still want to think they are, but I don't think there's positive proof of that. And if somebody finds it for me and helps me prove it, I will be thrilled to death. And I will give you a big hand because, um, you know, I don't want to have to change my, my timeline. I haven't wrote up yet. But anyway, um, and it says, And it shall come to pass in that day, the light shall not be clear nor dark. I don't know if that has something to do with the sun being dark and the moon turned to blood. Uh, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And that day... Uh, and, it, but, and it shall be in that day that living waters shall go from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea in summer and winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. So notice that living waters are going to come from Jerusalem, which interestingly enough, here in the city of David, um, you have the Gihon Springs. And a spring, another word, you know, for spring is living waters. They'll talk about how that's living waters that's coming out of there. Now, let me show you a few more pictures because it talks about the waters going from the former sea uh, to the hinder sea. So we've got two seas that are referred to. And so let's see a couple more uh, Google Earth images. All right. So here, notice we have Jerusalem. Uh, right here. And if you go straight this way, because remember, Mount of Olives going north to the south, and there's going to be water they're going to go from there. And you know what that sea is right there? That's the Dead Sea. That, by the way, is getting lower and lower all the time. It used to be a lot higher, the, uh, the water level. But um, so that's the sea that's going to go to. I think it's referring to the former sea. Uh, and And then... Right here is a full picture of the Dead Sea. And I wanted to show this one too because down here I'm going to show you some pictures of Masada. Um, and then notice in Gedi. Right here we're going to see a reference to that in the Bible. Uh, there's some caves along there. The Bible talks about King David when he was running from Saul. He hid in a cave in En Gedi. And there's a cave there you can go to to this day. The people tell you is the cave uh, where David hid. But down here we're around where Masada is, is where they also believe Gomorrah was. I'll show some pictures of that. And then Sodom, uh, they believe, was somewhere over on the other side in Jordanian territory. So, notice that. But then... Okay, yeah, that's just a close-up picture showing where Masada was, Gomorrah, somewhere in that area. So, that's the southern base. But, yeah. So, this is what I think it's referring to. It's talking about the former and the hinder sea. You've got the Mediterranean here, and then, or I think it's referred to as the Great Sea sometimes in the Bible, and then you got the Dead Sea. So you're going to have a valley going all the way through here, and so you're going to have water that's going to go fill that Dead Sea back up, good water, living water, and fish will be able to be there again. So that would make it possible, because the reason the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea is you have water going in, but you have nothing going out. And whenever you have that, uh, you can't have anything 
living in the water. It's going to get too filled up with minerals and things to where fish aren't going to be able to survive in it. So that kind of gives you a picture so you can see exactly how that would work with what the Bible is describing there in Zechariah 14. So it says uh, back in verse 8, And it shall be in that day that living water shall go from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea, in summer and winter shall it be. So uh, I definitely think that's reference to the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea because those are the seas that are east and west of Jerusalem. And so it says, And all the land shall be turned as the plain from Geba to Remen, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the first gate, unto the corner gate, unto the tower of Hananiel, unto the king's wine presses, and men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that great day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and all the wealth of the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. I want to stop there for a minute because notice it talks about how to the south that they will be safely inhabited. Okay, Now, let me just throw a theory out there. But you've got the Mount of Olives that are going to be split you're going to have a valley. You've got part going north, part going south. So if we go back, what do I do with the remote? This, this is just a theory. I don't know that this is how it's going to play out, but um, let's go back to the first picture. All right. So here we have um, the city of David where I believe the temple was. Here, ah, oh, come on. This thing does not, there you go. All right, here is where all the abominations are going to be taking place. Here is where they're probably going to build a temple. This old city area, okay, this whole old city area, this is where everybody goes and does all their abominations. You've got all your Catholic junk. You've got all your idolatry. You've got all your Muslim junk. You've got all your Jewish junk. You've got your wailing wall foolishness and all that. Now, let me just throw this out there because I, I am not of this persuasion but I'm okay with it because I can't completely disprove it. I think it also is a good theory. But one thing that has always confused me about the idea of Jerusalem being Babylon. Some people believe that it's Babylon. And, there, and there's some good points that they can make. But the thing is, if the Bible's literal that Jesus is going to rule from Mount Zion, which is in Jerusalem, and Babylon is going to be destroyed, and that also is Jerusalem, and it's never going to be inhabited again, then how does that work? Well, maybe that works if the Mount of Olives gets split and this part gets separated from this part where Jesus is reigning from. So, I don't know. So, maybe when it's referring to Babylon, it's talking about this area here, just the center of religious stuff in the world with fake Christianity and Catholicism, Judaism, and Islam. And so, yeah, I could see why Jesus would just want this all being destroyed and never inhabited again. 
But then you, over here on Mount Zion, where the temple used to be, which is where it says he's going to rule and reign from, I don't know. I think it's very possible that that's how both of those things could be true. That it's a reference to the old city that's recognized as Jerusalem and where the temple was and all that. But where Jesus is actually going to rule from is Mount Zion. And so, and looks like those are going to be separated one of these days. So, uh, I don't know, but just a, uh, an interesting theory there. Um, where do we leave off? I think verse 14. So verse 15 says, And this shall be the plague of the horse and of the mule and of the camel and of the ass and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all nations which came up against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And that Feast of Tabernacles, that was one they were supposed to keep every year where they were supposed to go and dwell in tents. And it was a reminder of when they were uh, wandering in the wilderness, when they were strangers, when they didn't have a land. And so every year when they would go, and they, the Bible often refers to the Feast of Booths, and whenever they would go and dwell in those tents around Jerusalem, it was a reminder, hey, this is how our people used to live. And you know what? We're blessed now to have houses and, and, and to have the things that we do today. And it talks about uh, here that they're going to do that again. And so many people believe and it's possible uh, that in the millennium uh, that you know, we're going to do that kind of thing or they'll say at least the Jews will. Uh, I, 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 I don't know for sure. But it says, And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And the reason I think that it's, it's okay to take this literal, we do see you know, a lot of things in the Bible and even some things in Revelation that briefly allude to the fact that there still are other nations in the millennium uh, that are, we're going to be ruling over and judging. And so uh, if some nation one year is like, you know, we're not going to Jerusalem, we don't feel like doing it, well, they're going to have a rough year because they're not getting any rain. So... Um, I don't know. But this shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And that day there shall be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord and the pots in the Lord's houses shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and also in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts and all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and see therein. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. So, uh, so right there, you know, this kind of gives you a picture of what Revelation 14 is describing. And we're going to look, and, and while the Dead Sea isn't specifically mentioned, uh, and it's, it wasn't called the Dead Sea back then, you know, I believe that form in the Hinder Sea is referring to the Great Sea, the Dead Sea. And we're going to see, though, a reference to the Dead Sea that more clearly is about the Dead Sea. Uh, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I have that on there, too, just to show... Uh, this is actually me standing on the Mount of Olives, and I've got Old City Jerusalem behind me. City of David is right over there. So the thing, too, if, if I'm right that that's how it's going to play out, the Mount of Olives is going to split and separate all of this from the City of David, then I'm standing in the spot that's going to be opening up right there. So um, don't don't know for sure, but yeah, that that part I'm standing right there be very close um, to where things are going to open up. So just kind of a, it's a really cool thing to think about. And it's really neat to go to some of these places when you're familiar with these scriptures and just to imagine all of these physical things 
taken place there. And so uh, look at um, Ezekiel chapter 47. I'll show you some passages here in Ezekiel because this is an interesting chapter here that I believe is connected uh, with this event. It says, Afterwards, he brought me again to the door of the house and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. So when he's referring to the house, he's talking about the house of the Lord there. And again, water is coming from underneath it. Which again is more evidence that where the Gihon Springs is, is where the temple was. So, and, and again, so that's all kind of over in this area. And so I, yeah, where I'm at, I'm probably a little safe, but I'm going to be on the Babylon side that you get destroyed, assuming that's, that's the case. But water is going to come from there and it's going to go east. So it's coming towards, towards where I am in that picture. Um, and it says, And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and brought me to the waters and the waters to the ankles. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and washers were, uh, waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, uh, waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over. And remember, all of this is water heading east from the house of the Lord. And so again, and it's going far. So, I mean, it looks to me like the Mount of Olives would have to be split. For it to go that far out from, uh, you know, from the house of the Lord, okay, there's no place where that could be now unless the Mount of Olives split, like we see in Zechariah 14. So I think this is definitely connected. Now, when I had returned, behold, the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. And he said unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country, and go down into the desert. And you'll see that that Dead Sea area, I mean, it is it's full-blown desert out there. I mean, nothing growing out there. Very dead. It's desert. And it says, um, yeah, go into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, and the water shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live, whither the river cometh. And it shall come to pass, that the fishers shall stand upon it, from Angedi, even unto Eneglium, and there shall be a place to spread forth nets, their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea exceeding many. And the great sea, I think, is, re- is reference to the Mediterranean Sea. And so you can see, and we already saw too where Engedi is on there, and this is showing you know, how the Dead Sea is going to be healed. And if you have a water source connecting from the Mediterranean or the great sea to the Dead Sea, it's going to have the same kind of fish in there. Water is going to be healed. People are going to spread their nets in a place that was desert, in a place that had no fish. Okay? Nobody's go, nobody goes fishing in the Dead Sea. You won't catch anything. It says, But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. And by the river upon the bank thereof, on the side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat whose leaves shall not fade, 
neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his month, because these waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. So, I want you to notice how there's a part that it mentions that's not going to be healed. And I think that's important, because again, if you don't think about, uh, this is just another picture, uh, that's where the, uh, the temple was in this area. Got Mount of Olives over here. But again, when you actually start to take the time to picture these places in your mind, and then and you know where these places are, you start connecting other scriptures that are kind of hard to connect just with the words and the subject matter. But when you realize, wait, this is talking about the same place, all of a sudden you kind of see the connection. And understand, when they wrote the Bible, everyone would have known. Everybody would have connected these things easily because this is where they lived. This was their... Uh, these were places that they were very familiar with where we're not that familiar with them. But I want to point out something to you that's interesting because God remembers all his prophecies and he doesn't contradict. Okay, so here, this is the picture. I'm up in Masada, up real high. But notice how deserty all that is behind me. That's the Dead Sea that you can see behind me. And directly behind me, and it might be hard for you to see in this picture, you have a very abnormal looking area there that they believe is the ancient location of Gomorrah. Is that's where it was believed to be. And um, and so, I, I got another picture here I want you to see. And Bible talks about how you know, God destroying Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner. And there's other spots there too where you see similar, just really weird, abnormal... I, I, I don't know what you call this stuff exactly, but... Many people believe these are some of the other cities, too, that God destroyed smaller ones. But you have uh, Sodom is the big one that's over on the other side. You have Gomorrah that's a pretty good size area. But then there's a few of these places like this that you can see from different points at Masada that look like that, that are full of all kinds of sulfur. And clearly something very catastrophic happened there at one time. And so you can see all that. And so remember that this area where Masada is, it's down at the southern part of the Dead Sea. Down at the bottom, you go farther north, that's where Engedi was. And the water from Jerusalem is going to go, uh, where if, if there's a straight valley from the Mediterranean to the Dead Sea, it's all going to go in kind of in this northern part. So this area that's not healed, that he's referring to, that's given to salt and all that, I believe it's down there at the southern end, uh, also probably on the Jordanian side. Okay, And here's why uh, I believe that is, because we also see in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 19, it says, And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms for the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie in there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and the owls shall dwell there, and the satyrs shall dance there, and the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses, and the dragons in their pleasant places. And her time is near to come, and her days shall not be prolonged. So when he's pronouncing judgment on Babylon, he's saying it's never going to be inhabited like Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's like when God goes and He heals all this desert area around here, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah still has their curse on them. The Sodom and Gomorrah area still isn't going to be inhabited. 
That's where all the salt and stuff is going to go. And that's, that area is still going to be cursed even during this time when God heals the dead. See, it says in Jeremiah 49.18, As the Lord overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof. And I believe that was one of the pictures was one of the neighbor cities of Gomorrah. Saith the Lord, No man shall abide there, neither shall a son of man dwell in it. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof, saith the Lord, so shall no man abide there. Now, this is in Jeremiah 50, 40. Neither shall any son of man dwell therein. So what's interesting about all those places that are like very abnormal looking where they say Sodom and Gomorrah was, yeah, nothing's there. Nobody, nobody lives there. They never will be inhabited again. And even though a day is coming where God's going to heal the waters of the Dead Sea, He's not healing Sodom and Gomorrah. That, that place is still going to be under the curse. And so I believe all of these passages we look at, you can kind of see how they're all connected. It's just interesting too how in the passage in Ezekiel when he's talking about healing the waters of the Dead Sea and him spreading their nets there and things growing there in the desert, but it mentions one area that's not going to be healed. And why is that? Because God remembered what he said about Sodom and Gomorrah. Nobody's ever going to dwell in those places again. And so that's where the salt's going to go. Said, so I don't fully understand how that's going to work. I don't understand the elevations and all that kind of thing. But I believe God's word uh, with what it says. And those areas never will be inhabited again. And so anyway, uh, hopefully that kind of gives you some uh, visual of those things now. Whenever you're reading about the Jesus stepping his foot on the Mount of Olives, uh, it's a real place. And, uh, and everything that the Bible says, it does. It lines up perfectly with geography. We can go and look at these things now on Google Earth. And sure enough, exactly what the Bible describes is exactly what we can physically go and look and see. And it just shows uh, that the, you know, the, this Bible, it's not just... Um, stories by men it's not just you know something that's like symbolic or um what do they call it like a parable or you know for life application no this is literal stuff it's talking about and we can and today with the technology and the ability to travel and everything we have we can go and see that hey these guys were writing about something that was real something that they were able to see and so i do believe that uh, that event is going to take place. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's literal, and God Jesus is going to split them out of olives one of these days. And so, uh, just kind of some things to think about, and uh, just to put a little more of an image in your mind whenever you're reading these things in the Bible. So hopefully that was a help. So that let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you so much for uh, your word and just uh, how clear it is and how accurate and lord it's amazing it's it's so neat to be living a day where we can go and uh you know see these places and we can look at uh images of them and just see that uh your word is accurate and lord i just uh pray that uh you'll use these things to just help us to dig deeper in your word and try to learn more in your name we pray amen you are dismissed